Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Doing well, Jordan. Great. Good to be back with you, first of all. Great uh, bonus episode with Bobby Wagner. Really enjoyed that. Um, been a joy to track his season with the Rams. There hasn't been a ton enjoyable about this Ram season, but definitely uh, your coverage of him and the way that he has fit into this organization, uh, both on and off the field. I think we could say that's been a clear positive for the Rams. So that was one a, of the few. A, one of the few. <laughs> and Jordan, I know you're hanging in there. Uh, if, if people notice uh, Jordan's voice may be a little bit off, it's not uh from her yelling, uh, watching the Rams, uh, Jordan, are you feeling okay? Thanks for hanging in there with us and doing this episode. Yes, I'm doing okay. Um, thanks to everybody for the well wishes and, um, really appreciate the, the kindness that you guys shared with me, um, via social media, really some heartwarming stuff. I really needed it. I had a pretty scary medical situation over the weekend minor in context of what a lot of people deal with, um, but definitely scary for me. I generally keep on chugging <laughs> no matter what, um, but I've been dealing with a situation with my lungs uh, for for several weeks, a uh, couple few months now. And I know you guys can hear it sometimes when it flares up in uh, how I'm talking and how difficult sometimes it is to get air uh, expelled out and back in and um, had to get some emergency medical attention um, overnight on Saturday. I'm doing a lot better. Thought traveling was uh, a no-go out of extra precaution. I uh, have had great care and um, I'm doing fine. So just wanted to make sure you guys are um, you know, hearing my appreciation for all of the support and also um, if you are feeling off, if something feels weird, my lungs have been a problem for months at this point. And if you are feeling weird, go get checked out, go trust your medical professionals, take care of each other, please do right by each other. Um, be good to yourselves too. Even if you feel like you don't have time, which I've felt and kept putting off, um, please go take care of yourselves and do right by yourselves and your body. PSA over. <laughs> oh, very, very, very important, Jordan, and uh, very glad to hear it's it's I know everybody goes through it in their lives. They try to push through things, especially around this season too. you know, you have family coming in or you're traveling and you just, oh, my gosh, I don't have time. Well, you, you can always take time for yourself. Um, so it's a, it's a great reminder. Um, and I'm glad that uh, you're doing better. And uh, we'll try to keep this a little bit shorter than usual today. Uh, Jordan can can use all the rest. Uh, that that she can get, and plus she's still working. By the way, it's not like uh, <laughs> she's going to go back to sleep. But uh, 
Jordan, it must have. Well, first of all, I, I'm just curious. What was your perspective watching the game from a home on TV? Because I, I know from myself, it's such a different experience. Uh, was it is it frustrating at times to uh, be, be watching on TV or what was it? Do you still keep the same kind of notes? Like what, what was your experience like uh, ha- having to watch from afar other than being slightly warmer uh, than you would have been in Green <laughs> Bay? Uh, what Way was, warmer. Uh, yeah. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I had a heat pad taped athletic tape to my sternum, obviously also. So I was, I was way warmer uh, than, than most in that situation. I thought the broadcast did a really good job. I thought they gave some good context for kind of what this team is going through. Um, I think where I get sort of jolted is I'm so spoiled because I get to see the all 22 view um, of things when I'm in person. And so I can kind of see the different concepts and patterns and those types of things. But then, you know, in the broadcast, a lot of times if they're cutting to action, um, then it cuts off part of whatever everyone else is doing. So I I definitely, that was a little bit jolting. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think my my big takeaway is that just is like, this is a bad football team and they've been <laughs> yeah. a bad football team. They are historically bad on offense. Um, they are inconsistent, although... Um, I would say meet like mediocre in, in a lot of phases and inconsistent in other phase, phases on defense. However, um, both groups continue to show up and they continue to fight. And you can, I think, especially see that on defense with the way that they took the ball away last night and kept it close, uh, minus so many people um, on the defensive side now, kept it close still 10-6 at halftime. But you just had this feeling that at some point this was going to get away from them. That third quarter, way too easy for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to cleave through the defense on back-to-back touchdown scoring drives. And then on the other side, you know, you you never, this entire season, you've never had any any faith at all that the offense can put something together on their side of the ball to sort of keep pace with that and and change the stakes for the defense in general. And so again, like I know that it's really everyone wants to find like one thing to blame. Um, I definitely see that. And it certainly is skewed at times uh, toward one group or the other. And I just like this is just not a good football team, guys. They're not a good football team. They're absolutely decimated by injuries. They don't have a good offensive line. Their receiving core is decimated. Their defensive line is is decimated. Their secondary features a bunch of young guys and a couple guys on their way out. Um, I mean, it's just not it's just not a good football team. And I think that they showed a lot of fight in that first half. So I think you you know you can take that as a positive. The run game looks like it's getting better. I think you can take that as a positive. The Packers also are a really bad team against the run. Uh, would have maybe liked to see more consistency in attacking them on the ground in that regard. Um, but, you know, and, you know, some of the young receivers, I thought Van Jefferson, that third and 13 ran a really sharp, really nice route. You can be confident that he's finally got his feet back under him. Um, Leonard Floyd had a great game. There's a lot of young um, unknown, sort of unknowns on that defensive line who are trying to, you know, at least stop the bleeding a little bit. Um, th- they were not good against the run for the first time, really, all season um, to that level. And you could tell some of the things that they were doing because they're they're kind of two solid players left in that phase uh, in that front seven are um, 
Bobby Wagner and Greg Gaines. And you could see them scheming away from Greg Gaines with some of their run concepts. You could see them moving tackles and chip players into the second level very, very quickly to try to block Bobby Wagner out of other plays. I thought that was smart game planning by the Packers. And it's really, if you only have to really account for those two players in that phase, um, that's what you're going to do. So like I said, whole mess of takeaways. You could go read my column at theathletic.com. Mess of takeaways, but overarching theme is like, you know, it's just not a it's just not a good football team and you you're gonna have to do what you can to just scrap this one out for the last few games yeah yeah i mean that was kind of i mean i was sitting here and the game ends and it's 24 to 12 and it's it's almost becoming like one of those ink blot tests you know like a rorschach test or whatever where you look at it and you go well what am I supposed to take away from this? I mean, it's a, it's a 24 to 12 game. It's, it's a loss, which if you're a Rams fan, you never want to see a loss. It was a somewhat competitive loss. It was also a loss that had a lot of mistakes, uh, some penalties, as you noted in your column, Jordan, even if you didn't like the calls, some of them or all of them, <laughs> they, they still happened and there were still some mistakes in the game. Uh, Baker Mayfield's play. What do you make of that? I, I don't know. There's some positives in there. There's some negatives to me that went beyond even just the this is his first full game, his first full week with the Rams. There were still some things in his game that I I just didn't like very much. And there were other things that I did like that that he made some nice plays. So, again, it's one of those, like you're saying, Jordan, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to put it in the right context. Like, I don't know whether you can look at the full team view and draw a whole lot of conclusions or make a whole lot of sweeping judgments about what happened. I think we're at the point where you almost just have to break it down individually, player by player or position group by position group and say, are they maximizing what they can do given the circumstances? Is the offensive line give maximizing what they can do? Is Baker Mayfield maximizing what he can do? The defensive line, the secondary, uh, maybe break it down either player by player or that that particular position group and say, is that group doing their job? Do, do, do there need to be changes made there? I think that's the way you have to approach the last three games and not just look at it and say, oh, the Rams win, lose how they played as a team. I just don't know whether you're going to get a whole lot out of that uh, if, if you look at it that way. So I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some individuals here and, and maybe a couple of position groups. But Jordan, I think we should address straight up, um, although we, we've been addressing this. You in yeah, particular have we been addressing this. We didn't fall into the gossip here, Rich. We didn't fall into it. I will say it's important we address it. Yeah. But we did. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like I, I'm still I'm sitting here and I'm like, how did this become a news story? Because like it's just it it just got sweat. It's like this tornado of conjecture that just started, even though there was no there was no uh, starting point. It was just like when when did anybody say that Matthew Stafford was going to retire or that he was contemplating retirement? Like it just became this this self perpetuating like rumor mill. And anyway, I, I guess the end of the is that thankfully, uh, I guess you might say that that Matthew Stafford came out on on his uh, wife Kelly. Uh, of course, has a podcast and and has I guess you could say confirmed or I, I don't know I don't know what phrase you want to use uh, that that he is going to come back uh, for the 2023 season, does intend, does not intend to retire. However you want to phrase it, uh, it's been consistent. Jordan has been on this and saying it and writing it and however else you can disseminate <laughs> the information uh, for, for quite some time now. But I, I, I guess it's good, Jordan, that we know that we can at least put a, a period on the end of it. 
But we did know, right? And I mean, you, you've been consistent in saying for a long time now that these contracts line up, whatever may end up happening with Sean McVay in the future, uh, probably tied to this this little core group and especially to Matthew Stafford. Uh, so it's not in any way a surprise, right, that, that this news is coming out and that these guys are going to give it another go in 2023. Yeah, all it kind of takes is like someone on Twitter with like some sort of a following kind of openly speculating and it starts the whole cycle off. And it's just not something that was ever really based in reality. I think that there's a difference between that and and genuine concern over his long-term health. You know, the, the spinal cord contusion, you definitely are concerned when you hear that the multiple times in the concussion protocol, you definitely are concerned when you hear that. And so there's a difference between wondering what his long-term health is, which is what I saw um, a lot of people doing as well, which, you know, that's the, I think the fair thing to do, wondering about his long-term health versus the reality and what, how much of, you know, is gossip and conjecture to sort of put out there that he, he may be retiring. And like, listen, you know, we could be sitting here in March and some crazy stuff could happen with this team. I have learned at this point to not roll out literally anything with this right. team. Right. But at the same time, the Rams have always been 100% adamant. And I've I've shared this multiple times. The Rams have always been 100% adamant that he is not going anywhere. I know that like even, even like other league executives have speculated and wondered about whether he will retire. So it's not just related to like what's going on in the media world or the social media world. It's like even other league executives have sort of, because this, everyone in this business gossips like crazy, like even other league executives have, have reached out to me asking me what I think and asked, you know, you know, Hey, I heard this. What do you think about this? Or there was that note about like wondering if Matthew Stafford was going to have surgery and like that was not true. And, and all of these things that sort of um, snowball. And I think it was good that, that Kelly Stafford had him on and, and um, you know, talked to him about it directly, because I also think that there was a lot of speculation being made about like her role in this. And she made her emotions very clear in a, in a previous episode of the podcast, but she also in no way even um, remotely hinted at the, you know, that she would influence his decision. In fact, she said the opposite, that it's his decision. It was, it was up to him. So I think that was right. good for her too to kind of get out in front of that because I did I have seen a lot of things being like, well, Kelly's gonna sit him down or like Kelly's gonna make him, you know what I mean? So I, I think like there's there was a lot of noise to cut through and and they did. And again, it it could be like the definitive final word on this. Um, and in March we could get completely blindsided by some crazy fucking Rams news because we always do, right? But but as of <laughs> now, like the Rams are are have been completely sure that he will return in 2023. Sean McVay has been completely sure that he will return in 2022. That all gels with exactly what I've been hearing and sharing um, for weeks and weeks and weeks. He's traveling with the team. He's working out with the team. He's in the weight room. They shut him down for one reason only, and that is to protect his health and his long-term um, availability to make sure he gets a full complete healthy off season. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what that is. I think, but again, like I, I validate and think there is a healthy nuance between, you know, that type of speculation versus 
um, people rightfully wondering about his long-term health. I think that is a fair thing to wonder about. This this team is in no way, shape, or form built right now to protect a quarterback, as we saw, 33% pressure rate on Baker Mayfield. A couple of the sacks were self-inflicted on his end. Um, and I think just, you know, not, you know, kind of holding the ball, not hitting the check down. One time he ran into a sack on a bootleg, like those types of things. Sometimes that's miscommunication. I mean, again, like it's his, we always like, it's his first, you know, it's his first, his second week in the offense. So it's kind of like you're, you're holding both in your hand at the same time, both truths in your hand. You're sitting there, you're like, you know, there's this, but also there's this. And historically he's done this, but can we really say this when he's only been here? And it's kind of like this, this weaving, like, the matrix meme of the guy dodging all of the bullets, like trying to weave through all of the different contexts and and nuance to, to that. But bottom line is the Rams have not protected the quarterback all year. They really have to get that figured out. Matthew Stafford. I asked Sean this directly several weeks ago. It's like, he didn't sign up to come be, get the crap kicked out of him every week. (laughs) Like he signed up to get away from that. And Sean agreed with me and he said, you know, yeah, this is, we have to figure out how to protect the quarterback. And that's something that's going to be front of mind in terms of getting Matthew back, making sure that he's got a, a, like a healthy and productive space within which to operate. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. I mean, that that is going to be the pivotal uh, thing about the offseason, whether it's personnel, whether it's just pure health, whatever it may be. I mean, that there's no question that that's number one um, on the list because otherwise uh, it's not going to get fixed. But yeah, Jordan, I mean, just, just to put a bow on the Stafford thing, like I, I understand you and it's, it's such so well put there in terms of it's, it's certainly understandable that you're going to ask questions when a guy has injuries like he's had and talking about the spine and things like that. But it, it just kind of became this like self-perpetuating thing where the re- word retirement came in, where nobody in the Stafford camp or nobody in the Rams camp 
had ever whispered that word. And but yet it became kind of the story that had to be addressed. And I agree with you 100 percent, by the way, you know, good, good on the Staffords for uh, kind of getting out ahead of that and, and you know, taking it on. They didn't have to. They didn't have to even, you know, dignify that that kind of talk with any response. But I, I think it's good that they did. And maybe a lesson for for other areas in terms of media and getting out ahead of things and and uh addressing them before they kind of spin out of control i i always think that's the right way to approach it so i applaud them for doing that uh, i'm sure in in a way it was a little frustrating that i understood that reference rich hmm. okay <laughs> um so i uh, good good job on them for uh for doing that and uh yeah we'll see where it goes and and great point to you jordan we we don't know we, we're not going to sit here and say oh this is an absolute game guarantee that Matthew Stafford is going to be the week one quarterback in 2023. A lot can happen. And as you said, Jordan, especially in this organization, anything can happen. But but it's I think it's fair to say that that's the plan at this point. That's the expectation um, going into the offseason. So we'll see where it goes. Baker Mayfield. I don't know, Jordan, like it's 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 tough for me to like in in a way he comes in. Right. And, and you know, you Things don't end well with the Panthers, don't go the way that he wanted them to. So he comes into the situation, wow, you get to be a starting quarterback for the last four weeks of the season and show what you can do. But then again, like, is is this really the situation that you want? I mean, any situation is good, I guess. I'm just wondering what he can, is going to get out of this. I had a couple yeah. of questions during the week, like radio. I do a couple of radio shows, always grateful that that they have me on uh, and they asked me like, well, what are you expecting from Baker Mayfield? What can he get out of this? Is he going to show that he's going to be a number one quarterback? And I'm like, I have no idea. I, I don't know what, uh, you know, I, I think you can only look at some of the individual things that he's doing and it's got to be tough, Jordan. I mean, I've never been anywhere close to his situation before, but he obviously has a lot to prove. He has a lot of motivation. He wants to go out there and do well to show teams that he can be the guy. But it just it looked a little bit uneven. And whether that's the playbook, whether that's getting on the same page uh, with your receivers, whether that's the protection that you don't deal with sometimes in the pocket, Um We'll see. We'll see how the last three weeks go. But it, it was a little difficult at times. You mentioned run, him running into the sack at one point, uh, missing Van Jefferson when it looked like he had a big play uh, down the field, maybe even just a little bit of the pocket presence in general, knowing that you're not going to have much time there and that, that you got to get out of there or make that throw, you know, a half second earlier than than you normally would have. Uh, but then there's other times that I'm looking at it and I'm going, uh, what's he dealing with here? I mean, there was a point I don't remember the exact play. I didn't I didn't mark it in my book, but the, the broad, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are, are going on at length about how, oh, my gosh, the Packers defense and so aggressive and getting to the and And I'm watching the replay and I'm like the left tackle who again is the fourth string left tackle in this in this situation they watch the replay and he stands up and he doesn't touch anybody the entire <laughs> play like and uh, I'm I'm not exaggerating he does not touch a human being during the play and I'm not ripping on the guy like it's I understand the situation but I'm like how can you go on about the defense being so wonderful? I, I think it might have been Kenny Clark. I don't know who it was in that situation who just it was like, you know, do not you do not pass. Go, you know, like go straight to the quarterback um, <laughs> and, and other plays where there was another one. There were 
you know, Kenny Clark's getting double teamed and he still breaks through and, and gets in for a pressure. So it it, it kind of circles back to me, Jordan, to where like I don't really know like how to kind of process some of these things or how to judge them. But I, I what what were your thoughts about about Baker? You you did a great story, by the way. We just we just mentioned your observations off of the game, but uh slightly before that, you broke down kind of what that process was like for yeah. Baker to to come in here and try to learn uh, an offense, try to learn teammates. So, I mean, what what did you think? Like, I mean, what is your expectation level for him? And and what kind of situation do you think he's in right now? I think that some of the positives from it is that, like, because of the way that he has showed up and and put his best foot forward, it seems like. Um, you're going to have Sean McVay probably on the phone to other teams saying like, Hey, and when Baker hits free agency saying like, Hey, this guy really showed up and he, he grinded it out and he did it the right way. And, you know, the, I, I think you hear these stories about like, I kind of liken it to when the hiring cycles come around and all of these other places are calling Sean about like Kyle Shanahan guys. Like, for example, the famous, um, you know, I don't want this guy in my division, semi-joking Mike McDaniel's call, you know, like with uh, Miami, you know, those types of things that are, um, I think you do that for the quarterback too. It's it's like the least you could do because you know you don't have a good environment around this guy. And the Rams are not interested in, Baker Mayfield as a backup quarterback. If Baker Mayfield wants to go, and I say that meaning like because Baker wants to go get a starting job. Right. And so if he wants to go get a starting job, they are not interested in paying him some exorbitant sum of money to be a backup quarterback. I mean, it's clear as well that, um, you know, it's pretty much been other than one, two amazing, amazing drives, it's pretty much been the same results despite no matter who the quarterback is because of the environment, not just the play has been erratic. And again, contextually we give Baker, I think some of a pass in some of those areas. Again, it is his second week on the team. So contextually we're going to keep all of these things in our brain at one time. Um, but like it just has been, they haven't moved the ball. They haven't scored points, um, you know, turn the, turn the ball over can't, um, you know, can't capitalize off of takeaways by the other side, can't sustain drives, can't score in the red zone. Other than that one, you know, that nice play to, to Tyler Higby, his first touchdown of the season, you know, it's just, it can't, you know, can't protect the quarterback, um, not sticking with the run, even if the run is working, you know, all of the same kinds of issues, despite the same general issues, despite whoever has been back there. It's just been a bad environment all around. So I think if you're Sean McVay, like the least you can do is get on the phone um, and, 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 you know, help a guy out. But I think, you know, and I say that like semi jokingly, but, but it's also like, it's striking to me because, you know, you hear on the broadcast and again, it was an interesting perspective because you hear on the broadcast that it's like you want the quarterback is going to go get to work with Sean McVay. And I agree. I think that's great for a quarterback to go be in that system. Um, you know, you hear such glowing things about the way he collaborates with with certain quarterbacks or the way that he helps other quarterbacks um, if they need a little bit of extra help. And and I think, you know, you, the system certainly is a factor. You hear that all the time. And so I think that's a that's a positive. But what they didn't mention was how absolutely 
disastrous the rest of everything else is around him that does not set up anyone for success. And what, and I said this when they signed him, it's like, it's not that I thought it was a bad move per se in terms of the person and the player, uh, you know, in terms of the, excuse me, the player that, that Baker is, but I thought to be at this point where you're, you're going for a clear upgrade over your, or you're going for what you think is an upgrade over your backup quarterbacks and you're dropping this guy into a system that is in absolute disarray and absolute chaos. And he has to go put out this resume over a super short amount of games and a super short amount of time to show other teams that he's capable of being a starter somewhere. And all you're asking, and then you're asking him to not just keep you competitive in games, but also get a good evaluation of your young players. But you can't even get, you know, field a team that sets anybody up for success on that side of the ball because of so many issues in protection injuries. Again, Brian Allen goes out again with a calf injury and he was the one who Baker was working on through the time he's been here in terms of the calls and, and setting the protections and stuff. And then you have a sudden change there. And then like, it's a, to me, it's a move that in the fourth quarter of the Vegas game looked like a win-win um as an outlier and in this game looked at part looked in many phases like a lose-lose because you felt for the player who can't set up uh you know a positive resume and then you also are very aware of the glaring realities of this team and it's just not set up for success so it's almost like i continue to question and i did at the time and i am still what really what kind of evaluation are you getting and really yeah. what level of evaluation are you getting? And the best case scenario, I think, is you go behind the scenes. Like I kind of did this last week in that piece. And you look at, if you're other teams, you look at how you prepare, you look at, and and th- those are the types of things that I think the Rams, when he does become a free agent, those are the types of things that I think it's valid to, to hope that they help him with because the product on the field, I mean, this is not an environment that sets any quarterback, regardless of skill level, up for success. And it's not an environment that he chose. And it's something right. that they're all making the best of. Um, and they made this move because they were wanted to try to upgrade over uh, John Walford, who was in, also injured, and, and over Bryce Perkins, who they decided not to completely shift their plan around some of the things that he does best. Instead, they wanted to continue to run their offense. And so they that's the decision they made. And yeah. so now they have to make the most, the most of it, not just for themselves, but also, you know, y- 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 this guy, he didn't choose to be here, but he's going to try to make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Hopefully yeah, that makes it, sense. I know that it was a it little does, bit no, rambly, but yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, you, you wonder, I mean, obviously Baker Mayfield, Mayfield's going to say the right things, but you almost wonder if he would have rather, you know, cleared waivers and, and been able to kind of pick a, a spot where, where he wanted to go that, that would have been a little more conducive to. Well, maybe, I think not to cut you off, Rich, but yeah. I think, I mean, I, I've been talking to him for that piece. He genuinely really, really loves working with this staff. Yeah. Um, absolutely glowing on Sean and uh, Zach Robinson and Liam Cohen and those guys that have kind of taken over some of the the more granular parts of his of his work. And I think too, it's just the problem is, and again, we have to hold all this stuff in our brains at one time is like, it's such a small sample size 
for someone to even hit any sort of runway and make any sort of progress, it's you're just setting up an almost impossible situation for anyone to be successful, let alone thrive. And I think that's super difficult about this for both for both sides. And it it was that's to me why it was like I questioned it, you know, at the time was not anything personal. It was more like, hey, man, like this is a sudden change that's kind of, you know, you you may you don't know what kind of evaluation. It's a little bit hubristic, by the way, to think that you're going to get a good evaluation of your other players out of this because your other players are not playing well and not setting up an, an environment for anybody to be successful. And you haven't set up an environment. It's injuries and decimation everywhere and catastrophe. And and then on the other side, you know, the quarterback is not in a situation where he has the tools, again, other than the stuff that's happening behind the scenes in terms of the onboarding, he doesn't right. have the on-field tools um, to be successful. And, he's some of the, and some of the stuff is self-inflicted too, like we said. So again, it's all of these things are true at once. Some of that stuff is self-inflicted. Um, and some of the mistakes are self-inflicted, but right. it's all just a big, a big mess. And it seems to me like a little hubristic to say, well, you know, we're going to get a good evaluation out of our guys. We brought them in because we wanted to evaluate everyone else. Well, how? I mean, yeah. really, if you're like in uh backward sprint mode the entire time, like, like I said, like how, how are you really getting a good, fair assessment of everybody on that roster? No, I, I don't think you can. I, I think that's that's really unfair. Yeah, you, you can break down certain things, you know, you, whether it's work ethic or, you know, are they executing individual assignments, that sort of thing. But you, you can't really take a holistic look at this, I think, and and, and draw any conclusions. And yeah, that, that's why it was a little strange maybe to to bring him in. Oh, we're going to we're going to try to run our offense with Baker Mayfield. Well, I it just I, I get it in theory, you know, especially being such a competitive group and and you, you want to keep going out there. But I, I don't know. I don't really know at the end of the day what that accomplishes and and I almost feel like as as wonderful as a moment of a moment as that was against the Raiders where uh, you know a game winning drive 98 yards and Baker Mayfield what was he the the offensive player of the week or something like that and you just kind of you just kind of saw that like you know the wily e. coyote like the anvil over your head like you you know like you just had the feeling like this isn't sustainable like it was a it was a magical moment it was a magical uh, drive but like to think that that was going to be kind of like, oh, Baker Mayfield's back. The Rams but it was an outlier. Back. Yeah, What's, it was. Yeah, it was an outlier. Yeah, it was an outlier for yeah. sure. So and, like, and you're I, looking for the mean again, like mm -hmm. it's not that that wasn't great. Like, I hope you guys on, like hear what I'm saying. It's not that that wasn't awesome. That was so much fun. Oh, my God. I got to write about a game like that. Are you kidding me? Selfishly, right. that was so much freaking fun. Um, it was and it was remarkable what he did, but it was an outlier. Everyone was realistic about that. Sean McVay was realistic about that. What you're looking for to get like legitimately a clean evaluation of your young players, you were looking for the mean. You're looking for stable so that you can right. truly a control group so you can truly evaluate everybody else orbiting around the system and and coaches and players. And I think so. That's why I said, I think really the best Baker specific evaluation you're going to get out of this team is what's happening behind the scenes and how he's preparing and and whether or not they sort of, you know, lobby for the guy, you know, behind the scenes if they get calls and, and use their you have their networks or whatever. 
And that's that's the best evaluation of him specifically. You might get considering the factors of this environment week over week over week. But that being an outlier game, it, it doesn't take away from how great it was and how important I think it was for him as a person and a player to have that sort of catharsis. It doesn't take away from that at all. But everybody recognized that it was an outlier. And you don't operate, especially you know, in these circumstances, you do not operate assuming the outlier, you operate seeking the mean. And that's what they absolutely have not have not done. It's again, it's been a small sample size. So right. I also hold that truth in my brain at the same time right. as right. someone trying to take my own advice. It's a small sample <laughs> size, but like at the same time, I mean, they have not, they haven't found the mean and environmentally that's, you know, that's part of the problem. And then, you know, there are some self-inflicted errors. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, across the board, I think. I mean, it was a, it was a difficult game and, you know, talked a little bit about the defense and some of the the issues that were there and stopping the run. I, I, I don't know. Again, I, it's it's one of the again, it's an inkblot. I don't know. It's it's a 24 to 12 game. Uh, the defense forces two turnovers that didn't turn. I think they turned into a total of three points uh, off of those. So they weren't capitalized on at all. Green Bay in that second half, I'm looking at it. They started uh, the, the half with the ball uh, at their own 32. And then they the next drive, they start at the Rams 35. Great and, field and position great via, field. Penal- via penalty yeah. or lack of contain on special teams. Yes. Uh, and and then uh, it, it just and and there's another uh, obviously the interception then at the start of the fourth quarter starting a drive at the Rams 34 and they end up getting a turnover off of that because they they forced a fumble so again a little bit uneven there that you want to see a little bit more consistency but it ultimately comes back to uh, they put up 12 points and it and it's just not enough one touchdown is not going to be enough to win a game but Jordan kind of as as we close here as we kind of wrap up. I just I want to get your thoughts on Cam Akers uh, because and and I don't expect any conclusions here. It, again, it's so difficult, but I just you've been following this saga. I don't think that's it's being too dramatic to call it a saga uh, this season. And you look at it, and they noted on the broadcast too that if you break it down, he he looks to be doing better. Um, he looks to be. Uh, running well, uh, he, you know, he made a couple nice moves to get himself in space and pick up some yardage. What do what can these last few games mean for Cam Akers? Um, and just in general, are you seeing that? I mean, are you seeing kind of an evolution from him? Does he look better to you? Um, and and what do you think this means here as we get through these last three games of the season for Cam Akers? Well, he looks way better to me. He's got a positive EPA per rush uh, in in terms of the net, you know, total of his last uh, five games for the first time all season, a positive EPA per rush. Um, He's breaking off big pieces. He's running well. He's running hard. He's finding space well, a lot better than he did to start the year. And he mentioned to me the other day that he feels like there's more clarity in what it's his responsibility to do. And as you guys know, they've they've changed over some things in that department. Um, Rashad Samples, who was hired this um this past offseason to coach the running backs, um, you know, first time NFL assistant coach, 27 years old. He uh had been getting really pretty heavily pursued by college programs 
before the before that job interview, after that job interview, well into the season, decided to take a job with Arizona State coaching receivers and coordinating their passing game. Something that um, was important is important for his career arc is is getting involved in that passing game. And so he uh, is no longer on campus. He's over in in Tempe. Um, shout out to my alma mater. And Thomas Brown is back over there coaching the running backs. And they had shifted Thomas Brown over there several weeks ago before the Daryl Henderson cut to um, uh, just kind of expand his assistant head coach duties and try to just get there. There'd been a lot of shakeup. Um, you know, there was the, there were the, the um, sort of, disagreement in philosophy um, between the team and, and Cam and he was away from the team for a couple of weeks and then he came back and um, they shifted Thomas Brown over there to sort of expand what he was doing as an assistant head coach, something that I would argue should have been done at the start of the season. If you were going to say someone is your assistant head coach, he should have a hand um, on every single piece of the offense and clear responsibilities and defined responsibilities on every single piece of the offense. Um, but it was very clear that his move over there was an expansion of previously non-expanded uh, assignments. And then, you know, you you start to see some of the staff, you know, shift around in, in sort of re replacement of, of different other roles as assigned. Zach Cromer's out there coaching the tight ends now or seems to have taken on a, a lead role doing that. And you're seeing things feel a little bit more clear and you're seeing things seem to like cam makers. I see him at practice, practicing really hard every day. Um, he has taken on a lead role in sort of mentality, whether or not that turns into a complimentary situation with him and, and Kyron Williams. Um, cam makers has sort of taken on that onus to be the guy in that room. And I think, you know, you had Daryl in that room and he was the most senior back, but for a really long time, his entire career here, um, Sean McVay was pretty clear by action, if not words, that he was not willing to make Daryl a lead back. And so when he's gone, now you see Cam really take that step forward, I think, in terms of the the mental emotional facet of, of what that role requires, whether that leads to translates to touches. We don't know this this group is very erratic and it's planning. And so I think we're just, I just don't know, but I think he's running really well. And, and honestly, guys, it's been a crazy year. I think the Rams would want to keep him. If he keeps running like this, I think they would want to keep him around. If they can keep this staff intact, if they can keep Thomas Brown on staff, um, I think that they want to keep him. I think that they think that he's sort of taking these strides forward and everybody, I think, just learns differently and everybody um, asks for leadership differently and everybody sort of seeks clarity and consistency in different ways. It's not just like one size fits all for every player on the roster. And I think that that's a big lesson that the staff is either, you know, has has learned or is something that they're still learning in terms of this year. Shami Faye sort of alluded to those types of things throughout this entire season. And if you have a guy who thrives in certain situations, or if you have a guy who thrives when um, asked to do certain things, not just on the field, but internally as well, um, then you sort of explore that method of um, working with that player versus maybe fitting everybody in the same generalized situation. And I think that that's part of 
why your scene can be so successful. And it's something that I, I think they're pretty optimistic about exploring um, into the future as well, which is interesting. Like what a plot twist, right? They've cut right. what four play, three, four players um, in the last two months. And, and it's not cam makers who had like probably one of the more dramatic couple of weeks of, of any player on the team this season. And now he's sort of thriving in this space. And I think that's I th- all of it's very interesting to me. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, beyond my uh, my fixation on running backs, I, I find it uh, <laughs> fascinating, too. And it, a, a great way to look at it, Jordan. I mean, they're going to have to look at that room. Clearly, they're, they're going to have to uh, reevaluate it or, uh, you know, take a take a closer look at it. And they may very well settle on Cam Akers is the best option. And, and if it is, then they need to go that way. There's going to be a lot of areas that need to be addressed. And there's only, as we know, there's only so much money. Uh, there are only so many draft picks and and they're going to have to take a look at their existing roster and say, well, what do we have here? What What is our best option? And if the best option is to roll with Cam Akers and, and try to build on what they've been doing here uh, late in the season, then they absolutely should look at that. There's going to be Uh, coaching uh, considerations here. We don't know. We heard Liam Cohen most likely moving on, going back to Kentucky. Who knows what's going to happen with Thomas Brown, whether, you know, he's still on the staff, whether somebody uh, looks at him, if he were to stay on the staff, what role is he going to fill? Who's going to coach the running backs next year? There's a lot here that that we don't know uh, about that that room in particular and about kind of that role uh, in the offense. But uh, I think it's certainly notable that maybe, maybe just to circle back at the end, the way the way that we started. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of conclusions maybe that can be drawn, but I think on an individual basis, uh, Cam Akers is certainly helping himself uh, with, with the way that he has kind of turned things around, whether or not that was entirely on him or whether whether or not that's in uh, kind of coordination with the coaching staff or, or whatever it may be. I guess it's more fair to say that the situation uh, has has turned itself around a little bit and uh, whoever deserves credit for that should should take it. Um, so it's a very interesting situation. I know it's something we'll talk about a lot about uh, going into the offseason and the draft and all of that good stuff. But uh, Jordan, three more games to go. Exciting Christmas Day <laughs> against the Denver Broncos. Oh my God! Broncos. It's Broncos Rams Christmas Day. I'll be there. I'll the be there. I'd be barring any sort of unforeseen uh, incident like last weekend. I will be well, there. Yeah. No. And and uh, you actually you sound great, Jordan. I mean, thank I, you. I, yeah. I I hope that you continue to uh, to be on the on the road to recovery and uh, you know just to just to piggyback on what you said. Uh, hope everybody stays healthy out there. I know there's some nasty stuff going around, what whatever it is. So uh, you know, everybody wants to to be with family and friends, and and uh, you know, hope that everybody stays healthy and safe. I know we're we're gonna have a full <laughs> a full house uh, over the weekend and nearby here. So uh, just hope that everybody, whatever it is that uh, that you celebrate during this time, or if you celebrate anything. Um, hope the best for you. I hope you have a, a wonderful time. And uh, of course, Jordan and I will be back next week. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We'll be back to talk about that exciting Rams Broncos game. Maybe we'll find some other things to talk about too. Uh, but uh, thanks everybody <laughs> for being with us. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for, for being here and uh, hope you continue to uh, stay on the, the right track with the health there. Uh, thank you to all of our subscribers, especially as we get close to the end of the year here. Really appreciate another year of amazing support. Uh, can't say enough about how much we appreciate you. 
And if you're not on board yet and you're looking for those last second holiday gift ideas, I got a wonderful idea for you. Why don't you not only get a subscription to The Athletic for yourself, but you can gift one also. And then you can talk to your friends about how amazing Jordan Rodriguez coverage is. You'll have something <laughs> to bond over during the holiday season. And you can do that by going to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Sign up today and get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount, guys. Anytime you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 personnel podcast, you can get my favorite thing in the world of all time, which is a great discount. Again, please take care of each other out there. Take care of yourselves. Be good to each other and yourselves uh, during this holiday season and always. And as a reminder, stay caffeinated, stay hydrated. Guys, we'll catch you next week.